0: Just go to ramp.com slash easy ramp.com slash easy ramp.com slash easy Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply
1: the one tough mother podcast Welcome here at the One Tough Mother Show. Welcome this week. It's really nice out. It's like 17 degrees. I loved it. Uh We had a couple days of 40s, a couple days of 50, and I woke up this morning and said, no, stop. You know what? And I'm not going to be, I'm going to be honest. I'm the one that bitches at people. And I say, look, you live in the Northeast. It's winter. What are you complaining about? But those days of really nice weather really got to me.
0: I got to tell you, I, I never understood why people all moved to Florida when they got older. Now I understand.
1: Oh, you're gonna move to Oh, if you <laughs> no, move to Florida, go, I'm not be, moving.
0: No. <laughs> I'm not moving to Florida anytime soon. But I understand why they go.
1: Yeah, it's you know it's crazy because um, I I looked at the I'm I burn wood to heat my house and I looked at the the temperature or the thermometer this morning. I was like, oh, because it's like 4:30 in the morning. That means I have to go down and throw wood in the stove to keep the wood burning through all you know and all day. It was crazy. But I got up and I was like, please, please be 40s or 50s today. But mm-hmm. it is sunny.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's not snowy, and stuff. It's, it's not, been worse. It's been worse. It's absolutely been worse. So what, what's going on with you this week?
0: Oh, I was thinking about you, because uh, <laughs> you ever have those couple days where things just happen to you, like physically, like I, I dropped my son off at daycare and I was trying to watch him a little bit, you know, I had a minute and uh, one of the girls in his class saw me. So I was kind of like playing peekaboo with her from the window and I whacked my head against the wall. <laughs> <laughs> I did it with my glasses <laughs> on. I was like, ow. I hit my, like, my temple right by my eye. And I was like, okay, great. And then uh, the next day I was at the park and my son was on a scooter. There's a skate park there. He's like, come on, come with me. I'm running. And I knew there was a fence that was bent, but I, I, I forgot. And I'm looking at him. I ran right into the fence. I could show you my ear. It has a What it's the it's hell? I almost ripped my whole ear off. I had a big scab in my ear. My ear was bleeding. Uh, I also Bang my head at home in the wall too i, I don't know I just, I was like it was very accident prone all weekend i was like oh i could talk about all, almost ripping my ear off and just hitting <laughs> everything with my head it's just a mess I you know need... what i count
1: those when when that happens to me like the first one three. will happen I had three right three I, the first one happens i'm like <laughs> oh shit that means two more are gonna happen <laughs> and then i like count them down and after my third one i always let it go i'm like okay i'm done that's it
0: i just wanted to lay down and not move for a few days oh <laughs> I was scared. It's like something bad's going to happen.
1: It but gets, it's, it's, I made it through. It's freaky when that stuff starts happening. I haven't had anything crazy happening to me. Like, I th- please knock on wood, knock on wood, knock on wood, knock on wood. But I've been pretty okay with it. Everybody around me has been sick. Like my my granddaughters, my son and his wife had the stomach virus flu, where the really bad one where you have to keep washing the sheets and everybody's oh, throwing up. Gross. It's really bad. And then my PMI. Uh, I know, I know. And then everybody else has been having like colds or or different symptoms and i've been like sequestering myself in my house
0: i think uh yeah, melissa wants to order masks for us are you for real she's nervous about the flu because you hearing such horrible stories about the flu yeah. my mom has a uh, pneumonia i mean she's home she's okay but it's scary
1: it is scary and i've heard yeah. everybody around us is saying it and you know once your kids go to school and if oh, you've got kids it. you forget it Forget it. You're
0: being exposed.
1: Yeah, they're bringing everything home, and everybody's getting it.
0: You just well, you hope that you're building up your immune system. Yeah, elderberry, you know what? by the way, elderberry. I
1: do it. I do it after elderberry. you told me the last time. I've been doing it. Uh, it's gotta be concentrate there. though. Elderberry concentrate. Buy, or I,
0: I'm, I'm a big organic guy. You can buy organic elderberry, or you can make your own actually too. Oh. It's a very easy recipe. You buy elderberries on Amazon. They say put clove in and cinnamon sticks and honey, and you can cook it and you drain it and you make your own elderberry mm, syrup that sounds yeah. delish yeah what's not really delicious is elderberry really can help you with the flu and cold symptoms it's, it's amazing it's amazing what nat- natural things can do that you don't need to just pump yourself full of drugs every Absolutely. time you get a little sick 100%
1: so. and you know what I'm gonna start working on that for male manager mom because you know she is 81 elderberry for
0: everybody unless you're allergic which I, I don't, I've never heard of anyone being allergic to elderberry right, but right. yeah for everybody yeah, and I, I I'm give it to my kids you, I can't get my two year old to take anything but the rest of my kids. Do take you it. make
1: this syrup yourself?
0: I haven't yet. I actually bought the elderberries. I just haven't gotten around to making Did it myself yet. Did you eat an elderberry? No.
1: You won't. I would like. I'm interested. In what I didn't open. Like. It,
0: I didn't open the bag yet. Yeah. Oh. They're like freeze dried or whatever. I don't know if. Yeah, they're very. It's very like almost too sweet. Oh. The syrup is very sweet, so you know you've had it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's very. If, if you're looking for something, you want to protect your kids and your family and yourself from the flu. Elderberry is the way to go. It's funny, Melissa never believed me, and then we were watching. This is years ago already because I've been taking it for years. Uh, the Walking Dead. There was a scene where they're all getting sick, and they got one of the guys was a doctor, and he went and picked elderberry and made elderberry for oh. for everyone who was sick. I said, and she's like, I said, see, told you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I yeah. that one over big. <laughs> yeah, it was really big. No, she she actually it's funny. She now she's a big believer.
1: Well, you know what? I'm always into that kind of stuff anyway. Like I drink all day long without stop. I drink water with lemon and ginger.
0: Oh yeah. All day long. Lemon and ginger, very healthy.
1: Because it's really great for your stomach. Mm -hmm. And actually, I read somewhere that when you wake up the first couple minutes that you're awake, the first thing you should do is drink a big glass of water with lemon and ginger, like room temperature. Because that's when your body absorbs everything because you've been without for so long.
0: You're dehydrated.
1: Yeah. So I always do that. And I I really, I can tell the difference. I know when when I've stopped doing it. So, yeah, that's a big deal. Well, today we have a great guest on on our show. She's amazing. She actually was in um, Germany in the same time I was, and she doesn't know it. I'm going to talk to her about this, in the 80s. But she was being all badass and starting businesses, and I was raising a family. And um, I want to mention it to her, but when we come back, we have Vicki Sanders on. She's an entrepreneur for entrepreneurs. This woman has built more businesses and helped more women. Than you can imagine, and she's her. It's all based around freedom, like the freedom of what you do, and it's really, really cool stuff. She actually is the founder of She E O, which is She E O. I get it. Yeah, so look her up. <laughs> anyway, when we get back, she'll be on, and we will be right back.
0: The One Tough Mother Podcast: Real Talk with amazing women
2: who have worked their way to the top and want to share their real life lessons with you.
1: We're super excited to have this wonderful woman on our show today, Vicki Sanders, a modern day pie piper for women. Vicki is a true pioneer of entrepreneurship for women and for decades has been building multiple businesses of her own and helping shape the lives of women and herself. Her quest to build businesses based on the idea of freedom was groundbreaking in the 80s and is still changing lives for women today. Vicki works as a passionate mentor, a transformative advisor, and a keynote speaker, creating a positive wave of knowledge and networking to connect women around the world. Vicki was named as one of the most influential leaders of 2015 in empowering a billion women, alongside of Marissa Mayer, Melissa Gates, Sheryl Sandberg, and Michelle Obama. So there you go. Those are pretty good peeps to be hanging with. Not bad. Yeah, right? Vicki is also the founder of She. EO, which supports women their talents their strengths their passions to create businesses that build new models new mindsets and new solutions for a better world we welcome with everything we've got to the one tough mother show vicki sanders hello vicki thanks so much for being here on the one tough mother show we're honored to
2: have you have you been I'm so good.
1: Thanks for having me. Oh, and you know what? I appreciate what you're doing because I know your flight was delayed, and I know you have to actually, you're actually calling us from a cab, which is so cool (laughs) of you. I love to be honest and and real out forward with our guests. So if we cut in and out, we'll fix it. But no, I'm super psyched that you even made the attempt. Thank you so much. So I want to get right into it and find out what's going on with you. Vicki, give us a little bit of your lifeline. Get us started with how you got started.
2: Sure. Uh, You know, I've been an entrepreneur pretty much forever. Uh, I never really thought I'd be one, but I had this huge epiphany sort of experience in Prague. I happened to be there right after the wall fell down. And every single person in society was dreaming about what they were going to do now that they were free. You know, like one day there was a tank in their country and they weren't free. The next day the tank drove away and everyone started dreaming about what they were going to do with their life now that they were free. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm free, too. What am I going to do? Right, right. <laughs> I ended up becoming an entrepreneur over there and uh, ever since. So from my mid-20s forward, I've started so many initiatives and enterprises and taken a company public. And I just absolutely love. Creating things and taking them to market.
1: Crazy quick story. When the wall came down, I lived in Würzburg in Germany, and what? you're right. Yeah, we were there at the same time. So, wow, um, but amazing. you were being an entrepreneur and being wild and crazy, and I was having kids and being military. <laughs> but <laughs> no. yeah, you're right. It was like all of a sudden the wall came down. Everybody's like, okay, what can I do? What can I do? Yeah, it's, it's a really intoxicating feeling. It is very powerful. So tell us, give us a clear vision of what CEO is, and I love the name EO.
2: Yeah, yeah. so this is really just uh, born of my deep frustration with the state of the world, Uh, how difficult it is to get funded as a female entrepreneur with great innovative ideas. Only 4% of venture capital goes to women. Uh, One out of every $23 loaned from a traditional financial institution goes to women. It's crazy. And we are, by the way, not 4% of the population. So, you know, how do you solve that? And so one of the things that I have experienced over the years is I don't really think we're going to be funding female entrepreneurs unless women start writing checks. Right. So I've designed an experience for women to their capital on behalf of other women's businesses that we're excited about that we think will create a better world. So the model starts with um, a minimum of 500 women come together. They contribute $1,100. It's an act of radical generosity. They do not get their money back. It's pooled together, and then it's loaned at 0% interest to five female entrepreneurs that they select in a simple online process. And then those loans are paid back over five years into the fund and then loaned out again. So we're creating this perpetual flow of capital into female entrepreneurs' companies Loaned back, and then loaned out again. It's amazing. Um, It's amazing. Yeah, and if you're one of those female entrepreneurs, the big thing is you get this 0% interest loan, which is cool. But what's really amazing is you get 500 women on your team. So all of us show up to make connections, provide you with advice, share expertise, uh, and become early customers. So it's capital plus support. That is so, you know, and
1: and honestly, besides n- not having any capital and not knowing where you're going to get it and not knowing the advice that you need to start your own business when you have a very, very cool product or a very cool idea, you, a lot of times you just say forget it, walk away,
2: right? Is that what you find? Oh, totally. Well, another thing is, too, I find that like a lot of women, I mean, I'm an example of this. I didn't have a ton of confidence when I was getting so to be validated by 500 women literally changes your life. You're like, what? All these people think my idea is good? Like, that's just it's so helpful. And then it kind of emboldens you to step forward. And we have a process where you ask for help months, and our ventures are getting support within 24 hours of their ask. Just, like, imagine how different your life would be if you were surrounded by radically generous women. Right. Like, it's really
1: just a kind of game changer. It yeah. is a game changer. We just had um Heather the Heat Hardy on here. She's a women boxer, and she's, like, the world champion. And here's the deal. She can't get a sponsor because she's a woman boxer. She gets out of a ring, makes $7,000. They wipe up her blood, and the guy getting the ring after her makes 150000 I cannot right. believe that there's not women out there that are in marketing and advertising that don't see the absolute value of having her as a spokesperson or on your team because she's feeding her family with the money she's making. It just blows my mind. So what you're doing is you're giving women a team, a team of women who care and a team of women that are there to support them. There's nothing more powerful.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, I think we, as opposed to trying to, like, level the playing field and fit women into our existing systems, I think, you know, the key to success going forward is to redesign and redefine the kinds of supports that we need. Because we're basically living in a world that wasn't designed by us or for us. Uh, and so I think it's, it's kind of challenging. So if you sort of step back and go, what are the kinds of things we need? I mean, our model, of course, could work for men as well. Uh, but designing it specifically this way really helps to solve a lot of the challenges that female entrepreneurs face. Well, that is just crazy
1: badass. And I really love it because I always say, uh, you know, alone, you could probably move a couple of rocks, but together we can move a mountain. And that's the honest truth because women are very, very multitasked and they can do many things at one time. And they do. The, the bottom line, we think different than men so what you're doing is extremely powerful and I applaud you for it so thank you talk to me about your book think like a CEO yeah
2: so you know I've been a mentor to over a thousand entrepreneurs in the last 25 years it's one of my favorite things to do as soon as I learn something I want to share it and uh, so after, you know, having hundreds and hundreds of conversations, I started to hear patterns in the questions I was being asked, the same kinds of things, and so I decided to write a book and basically do a brain dump of everything that I'd learned um, and all the wisdom that had been shared with me over the years from mentors and advisors, and it sort of synthesized in, a, in how to think like a CEO, so in this super crazy disruptive time we're living in, how do you keep up, you know, how do you create a growth mindset? How do you think about starting your business? How do you think about running your organization differently? It's, it's a fantastic sort of how-to guide uh, to get started. And it's not even really just about if you want to start a business. It's thinking uh, in new ways for the new world we're living in. That's awesome because, you know, my, my biggest problem
1: is monetizing, monetizing what I'm doing because I'm not – you're going to find
2: this. You, I bet a million – it's hard to ask, right? Uh, You just hit on one of the biggest problems and challenges there is out there. Because I mean it. I'm doing it. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think, you know, most women just put their heads down uh, and uh, think they're not going to get support anyway. And they think, oh, maybe I should already know this, so I don't want to ask Uh, And that's the biggest thing that holds us back. When I stand in front of a room of women, the first thing I say is how many people would help someone right now in this room if they asked you? And literally every hand goes up. And then I say, how many people love asking for help? And then like every hand goes down. (laughs) Um, And it's, and then I say, think about that. Like not asking for help is robbing every single person here from helping you. And I talk about this all the time. I have this massive network that I've built up over the years and all of the people, 12,000 people on LinkedIn, owe me a favor there's no way I can ever use all those favors. So please ask me for connections or support um, so that I can use my network to benefit more people than just myself. That's amazing. And you're so on the money because
1: our sponsor, like everybody's like, you got to have a sponsor, you got to have a sponsor to keep the show going. And I was like, being a jerk I was afraid to ask people and here I have an enormous network I've been in advertising and, and um, marketing for 25 years I've owned my own companies I've I've had 50 million dollar budgets that I've spread all over the place and people are like oh your connections you're not going to ask for a sponsor and it was the ask it was the ask
2: Crazy. It's, I know. And so when you think about it, you step back and go, of course, you'd help anyone who asked you. So why wouldn't you do the same with others, right? We're just cultured that way and trained that way. And so we have to untrain ourselves. And part of the thing I think that makes it easier is when people literally come forward and say, I have you know, committed to being radically generous with people in the network. And so women in our network are you know, from the beginning saying that they want to help. And so you walk into that environment, which is a very safe place to ask for help. And I think most business environments are Pretty unsafe, right. um, and so this is literally designed to be—you know—nice people surrounded by nice people who want to help you. What do you need?
1: And give me the demo on the ladies that are stepping
2: up. Tell me what the demo yeah, is. Yeah, super crazy. From age 14 to 93. Right? <laughs> it's insane. Yeah, mothers, daughters, grandmothers—it's every single age and stage. Uh, you just, you know, uh, mothers and daughters and grandmothers in the same network, like just fantastic it, so that it's is more amazing. of a mindset than an age thing
1: yeah absolutely and you know what another thing is reinventing yourself at any age i always tell people every level of your life deserves a different you and it demands a different you you've learned oh, from lessons line. and then yeah. you build that into your personality so every level of your life demands a different you and you can be change your your direction at any time i don't care if you're 15 or 25 or 50 because i did it at 50 plus
2: so people need to realize that you're not stuck where you are right absolutely absolutely well and especially in this day and age i mean people are going through six or seven different kinds of careers so you're reinventing yourself relearning uh, and getting used to that kind of pace of transitioning and figuring something new out and then becoming an expert in it and then moving to the next thing is really important
1: yeah, and you got to fall in love with learning. You've got to keep learning. You've got to stay current yep. and keep learning. Don't be afraid of change. Here's the deal, dude. Change is happening whether you like it or not. So you might as well go it's with very it. Very true. So great t-
2: advice. Absolutely.
1: Thank you. Tell me the biggest, the really the biggest point or the biggest advice you would give to someone who's like, "I really got this great idea. I'm really afraid to do it. You know, I've got a stable job." Tell me what you would tell this person. Yeah, well, I mean, if you
2: even just use those words, don't <laughs> I mean, if you're sitting there, I have stability. If you crave that, then stay in that space because being an entrepreneur is incredibly challenging, right? You're kind of jumping off a cliff before you know how it's going to happen. You have to, like, thrive in an environment of not knowing and kind of groundlessness. That's important that you know. And if that's not the case for you, but if you want to be in an entrepreneurial environment, then go join somebody who is taking that risk and having more of that on their shoulders. So it's still fast-paced, but you don't have to take on all the pressure, but, right. yeah, I mean, if you even think of, I'm not sure I want
1: to quit my job, then don't quit your job. <laughs> You're right, 100%, because it is, at any given day I want to say, oh, I'm done, I, I can't do this, it's not happening, the next day the phone rings, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm all good, I'm all badass, it's okay. I
2: know, it's like so up and down, and absolutely. It, yeah,
1: especially if you have children, like uh, my children are all grown, and they even looked at me, um, Vicky. they looked at me and went, are you kidding? You're closing a successful
2: yeah. marketing company to do this? and so you gotta have i know but there's when you have that kind of mindset and you know, like i'm absolutely unemployable i could never ever work for anybody else um so that it's important to know that about yourself are you married
1: i forgot to ask you that
2: i am absolutely yeah the most amazing person who copes with my craziness
1: oh it. So you know, yeah i need to find somebody like and how long have you been married 22 years oh great great so yeah. you travel a lot correct we do, yeah. My husband travels a lot with me as well. So oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. And any time does he
2: say, okay, slow down, enough? Uh, well, he says slow down. I'm, we're both big dreamers. Uh, and so, you know, I, the last couple of years, getting anything started is really tough, right? So it's the right. first three years of building anything is, like, generally exhausting and 24-7. It has yes. been for me anyway, although I'd love to do it a different way. I haven't quite found a way to do that. Uh, but then it's sort of, you know, you start you build things up. Excuse me. Bless you. And it starts to have a different kind of level of leadership after three years. But yeah, the beginning stage is always hard.
1: And then once you get in the pipeline, and I was just telling this to Seth because I have so many PR people and so many people reaching out to me about really wonderful, unsung heroes of women that have done amazing things that want to be on the show. And once you get in the pipeline, it starts to flow and you find your vibe and you find your groove, right?
2: Absolutely. Yeah, it takes it takes a little while to get. I mean, especially if you're doing something new that hasn't been done before in the world, there's a lot of like, you know, people have to hear things four, five, six, or seven times, Correct. and then they start to call you. Right. But that early stage piece is it's like a lot of lifting water uphill.
1: Right. Right. Exactly. I always say it's running uphill backwards in the rain because you're like, oh, you, you, you don't see where you're going <laughs> and it's just pouring and you're just like not sure what you're going to be doing. But yeah, it's it once you get in the pipeline, it's, it's six years. I've been doing One Tough Mother six years and to get it to this level is amazing. And then the level of women that are coming on like yourself, it's just tremendous because the whole gig is to help women learn from other people's lessons you know we all failed Um, let's face it i'm sure you failed at something at some point
2: yeah i always sort of joke that i could write a book with um like one side of the book would be like you know all the successes i've had and then you'd flip the book over and it would be like my life is a failure (laughs) (laughs) i could could literally depending on your perspective you can look at you know you look at i look at failure as learning so i don't think it's a failure um but it really does depend on your perspective
1: Yeah, I've had to teach myself that because you and I are alpha females. So we can do it. We can do it. We can do it. And by God, we're going to do it. And then when we fail, we're like, oh, my God, I didn't do it. But I've learned to teach myself that it's a learning lesson. And I pass it on to people. And when they ask me, they'll say, what did you do? And I'm sure you do that, too. You tell them what happened to you.
2: Yeah, and I mean, here's the other thing, too. Like, when I did something and it didn't work doesn't mean that when someone else tries it later on, it won't work because timing is everything. So that's also the challenge as well.
1: Yeah, that's so true. So tell us where everybody can find you.
2: You can find out more about us at sheeo.world, S-H-E-E-O dot world. Uh, I'm also on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, um, everywhere. You can find me online. (laughs) And the
1: name of your book again, please?
2: Think like a
1: CEO, and you can find it on Amazon. That's a, That's one hell of a name. Good job. That's really great. As a marketer, thank I'm like, you. yeah, you really wrapped that one up. Well, thank you, Vicky. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you for getting in the cab and, and allowing us to speak to you. I'm sorry that your flight was delayed. I hope everything today goes smoothly for you. And oh,
2: thank you. Please, my anytime pleasure.
1: that you write Thanks another for what book, you're doing. Oh, thank you. Anything, anytime that you write another book, or you have something, or you're in the city, if you're in New York, let us know. And we'll have you in. Thanks so much. Okay. Have a great, great day. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. And guess what, Seth? We're going to bring up our sponsor. Delicious.
0: Delicious fishes. (laughs) Delicious fishes. It's delicious fishes. I like that.
1: That's what we're going to call it, Delicious Fishes. We'll open a
0: restaurant using this fish, and we'll call it Delicious Fishes. Oh
1: my gosh, what a great idea. I'm right? going to call this owner of this fish and ask him if he wants to do it. I love it. And we'll we employ a lose. ton of great chefs, <laughs> Delicious Fishes. <laughs> anyway, our sponsor is American <laughs> Cobalt Aqua Farms, and we love them. And they do have delicious fishes, actually. Exactly. Um, They have pie Chi or Arapaima. That's the same fish. They call it either pie Chi or they call it Arapaima. It's a superfood loaded with omega-3 and omega-6 protein and collagen. It's truly a chef's dream. This versatile fish is virtually impossible to overcook. That would be me overcooking it. But it is really impossible to overcook it. And it provides a variety of delicate and subtle flavors. It's not fishy. Dude, this is not fishy.
0: Um, you still haven't brought me any. I'm so, I am still want to try I, it. I know.
1: I keep forgetting. I'm sorry. <gasps> and it will complement any dish. Perfect for fusion recipes. And it has a buttery taste. It's just amazing. It's, it's completely white, by the way. American Cobalt Aqua Farms takes pride in supplying healthy, nutritious food through responsible, sustainable, eco-friendly aquaculture. That's a lot to say, dude. That's the quality lot. of their all-natural fish is completely, it's completely uncompromised. I was there. And never being exposed to antibiotics, vaccinations, hormones, chemicals, heavy metals, uncontrollable environment factors.
0: It sounds too good to be true almost.
1: It's amazing. It's its a—it's American Cobalt Aquafarms, and their phone number is 973-601-8441, and you can buy it. If you want to go, if you want to call them, they will ship it to no, you. No, I
0: want some free fish first I know you do. from you.
1: And if you call <laughs> them or you go on their website, they have knowledgeable aquaculturists ready to assist you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So wow. remember, the name is American Cobalt Aqua Farms, and it's 973-601-8441. And if you get confused or you forget what it is, it's on the top of my website, the One Tough Mother site. There's a banner up there with American Cobalt Aqua Farms. Reach out to them. Try their fish. If you're a chef, let me know. I'll see what I can do to hook you up. Chef, I promise <clears> next week <throat> you'll have a fish. You'll have a fish. You'll have a fish. Thank you. It's delicious fishes, American. Delicious fishes. Cobalt Aquafarms. The One Tough Mother podcast. Real talk with amazing women who have worked their way to the top and want to share their real
2: life lessons with you.
1: And we're back, and we've got headlines and headaches, and it's brought to you by American Cobalt Aquafarms. It's called Delish Fish, that's what we call it, but it's American Cobalt Aquafarms. They have Pai Chi and Arapaima, the best fish ever, and you need to contact them if you're a chef, if you're a mm. restaurant, or if you're just a person. Call them. It's 973 601 8441. American Cobalt Aquafarms. And Seth's here, and he's got. Headaches and headlines.
0: I'm really hungry. I know me too. Okay, big question of the day can they do it? What can't they do? Come on, let's talk about this. Amazon has disrupted fashion books, furniture, food, cloud based storage services, and almost everything else. Now it's time, it's coming up for, on one of the most biggest complex industries in the US healthcare. Yesterday, Amazon, Berkshire Hathaway, and J.P. Morgan announced a vague but market-moving plan to launch an independent company that will offer healthcare services to companies' employees at a lower cost.
1: I'm so for this. Jesus. I was jumping up and down, super happy about it's this. It's about
0: time someone got in this game and, and, and made it more How about the richest
1: people in the world going, okay, right. let's help out here. Right. Yeah, We're, yeah.
0: Which they can. They can afford to do this. The venture, which will be uh, managed by executives from the firms, will be run more like a non-profit than a for-profit entity, which is Great. Honest. I mean these these are, these are companies that are in a position to give back, and uh, God for a company like Amazon who who's so serving the public, this is this is a good move. He's
1: the richest person ever in the world yeah. ever. Yeah. And so he,
0: and he started by selling books in his garage in Seattle.
1: Yeah, yeah. I made fun of him. Shut up. Go ahead. Amazing.
0: I'm not making fun of him. That's what I did, it. He, I, I did oh, back in the day when what, he was going bankrupt. Good, but, yeah. Good move. Yeah. Um, the market value of ten large uh, listed health in- health insurance and pharmacy stocks dropped by a combined thirty billion in the first two hours of trading.
2: Freaking out!
0: Love it. Yeah. How about? And I, I called my insurance yesterday and told me my deductible is like seven thousand dollars. I said, "Are you crazy? I did not sign up for seven thousand dollar deductible." It's like, it's, it, they're horrible.
1: Well, you know, quick story, real quick. I'm in Target, right? And I'm, I'm just getting a couple items. And there's this guy. This is an honest truth story. Old guy. I'm going to say he's mm, 80s. I'm going to say 80-ish. And she comes up to the counter. And that's right by, I was buying stuff right by where they had their pharmacy. And she goes, okay, sir, um, this medication is like $356. And this medication is like 280 And she goes, it's a combined. It was like over 600 bucks.' She goes, that'll be 600 And he looked at her and he goes, I can't afford that. And she's like, okay. She goes, well, which one do you want then? And he oh goes, boy. neither. I can't afford either. I felt sick to my stomach. This guy was probably a veteran. This guy was in his 80s. Right. And he can't afford his medication.
0: I thought he, like, he's supposed to be on like Medicaid or Medicare yeah, or something. make me sick. Horrible. Yeah. Uh, well, this is great. Um, at the time of uh, this writing, the insurer MetLife was the hardest hit, down nearly 9% for the day. You know what's going to happen though? It's going to make them be more competitive. They're going to have to. They're going to have to be, not have to be pigs anymore.
1: Guess what? Yeah. Now somebody else is in the game, my right. friend. Right.
0: And that's and that's it's competition's always good for the customer.
1: Absolutely, you know? I'm super excited about. Like this. cable,
0: like cable companies, and all that. They're hurting, so they, they give you better deals.
1: Right, right, right.
0: So yeah, I'm that's that's great. I think it's it's it's, it's, it's a great example, and, and I know uh, what's his name from uh, Berkshire Hathaway. What's his name? The guy Gates. No, not Gates. Is uh, he's Microsoft. Who's the old dude? Oh, God. I know his name. That's driving me crazy. Oh, you're
1: right. Right, right, right. right. I'm sorry. Um, Warren Buffett?
0: Warren Buffett. Thank you. I just lost his name for a second. Um, He's such a cool guy, and uh, it's great to see that he's doing something like this.
1: You know, he always does really cool stuff. Like, I read a lot of things that he He does doesn't back.
0: He's not not in for the publicity. That's why, you know, we don't talk about it a lot, but I've seen him on CBS This Morning and different programs and still lives in the same house he's lived in for like 30 or 40 years or something. He's just... He, he just makes money is what, he's the, is what he does. It's not who he is. Right. Which he's chill. that's right. that to me is the coolest thing. It's, it's what he does. It's not who he is. Because a lot of people make money have to be, a, that's what they're about. They, right. they make that define them. Right. And now he doesn't do that. No. You know,
1: ouch to the pharmacies, ouch to the pharmaceutical companies, ouch to all the insurance companies. Good. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah it's about time. All right, let's move on. Harley-Davidson is launching an electric motorcycle in 2019. Psyched. Of course course you are. I wonder why we're doing this story. One tough mother. Psyched.
1: I sold my Honda, so I'm psyched.
0: Nice. Go American. Go home. Okay? Just kidding. (laughs) Whatever you want to drive, I'm fine with it. I'm just kidding. Don't send me any emails. (laughs) That is stupid. (laughs) I'm not taking it. I'm not not on that uh, soapbox. Okay. Livewire is an exhilarating, no excuses, electric Harley hog. Electric motorcycles are promising both because of their futuristic appeal and they aren't as challenging to learn and ride to ride as traditional bikes with tricky clutches and loud rumbling motors. And Harley says they are plenty fast.
1: I'm psyched about it. I can't wait. It's pretty cool. Actually, I sold my Honda thinking, okay, I'll get out of the game because my kids gave me so much crap about being on a motorcycle. But I think this is something that's got my name written on it. What
0: What better time to be on a motorcycle than your grandma? It's like you know this is, you, exactly. You, you did all your stuff. Now that, yeah, you yeah, want to ride? Good. We'll yeah. ride, girl. I ride. I ride. Word. Okay. The Gap is selling T-shirts and sweatshirts for nearly two hundred dollars. What?
1: All right, when I saw this, I had to look at it twice. What?
0: Yeah, what? What, did, what? As part of a limited edition collection. Give me a break. Gap is following the footsteps of J. Crew, which in 2008 unveiled a higher price line with items costing $250 to $3,000. Mickey Drexler, J.Crew's CEO at the time, later attributed the company's year-long sales decline to driving prices too high.
1: Okay, good idea, Gap. Follow something that totally failed. Right. And then ask somebody You're if desperate. they want a $200 Gap Sweatshirt. But, you
0: know, people like people, it's funny. People spend money, like they see it and they think there's, they, they uh, give it more value, right? They, they they assign more value to something and then they want it. See, this
1: that's is something right. I don't understand. Well, like,
0: Kanye West sells sneakers for hundreds and hundreds of dollars, maybe thousands of dollars for Kanye's Yeezys, whatever they are. Yeah. I, there's some store in my town in Westfield that sells all these like, high marked up sneakers. I went in there and said, This is ridiculous. People collect them on their own to them. It's so, it's so bizarre. Yeah. Stupid, waste of money in my, in my opinion. Me too. But if you're interested and you want to buy that stuff, I'm okay with it. Don't oh talk my God, me about he's <laughs> totally putting his foot in his mouth every single story. I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. Okay, let's move on. A former biotech executive left her day job to open her own brewery and Samuel Adams is taking note. How about that?
1: I think that was cool.
0: Yeah, Beverly Armstrong made her career as a biotech industry exec, but her passion was for playing rugby, semi-pro, where she developed a love for uh, session beers. So she began brewing her own session beers and eventually opened up a brewing company called Brazo Fuerte. She's the first woman to own a brewing company in the state of Massachusetts and the second owned by an African-American in the U.S. She's now teaming up with the Boston Beer Company, the brewer behind Samuel Adams, to release a limited edition beer later this year. That's badass.
1: It's an incredible story, isn't it? And you know what? I had to look up session beers because I didn't understand that. I always just think of them as... um you know, craft beers. I didn't get that whole thing. But I think it's really cool. Like it's good awesome. for her,
0: man. It's great when people follow their passion and just go for it.
1: Absolutely. Like yeah. you
0: like you're doing. Like you're me. the one tough mother. Yeah, one tough mother. Boom. All right, we got one more here, I think. Terry Wayne Ward, age seventy one of DeMott, Indiana, escaped uh this mortal realm on Tuesday, January third, twenty eighteen, leaving behind thirty-two jars of Miracle Whip. 17 boxes of hamburger helper and multitudes of other random items that would prove helpful in the event of a zombie apocalypse.
1: Can you believe this this guy the whole story is and it's really long so we won't go crazy about it but his daughter the guy was so chill and fun and funny his daughter wrote his obituary and real stuff like real things. I
0: see this. (laughs) All right I'll read I'll read one more uh, paragraph of it. Uh, Terry survived by his over Overly patient and accepting wife, Kathy, who was a true love of his life, parentheses a fact uh, she gladly accepted sympathy for during their 48 years of marriage. He's also survived by daughters, Rebecca uh, Hines and Jean Lamb, sister Linda, brother Phil, grandchildren Alexander and Hannah Hines, Daphne and Aaron Pistello, Brendan and Owen Lamb, and... Tessa McMurray. Okay, that wasn't that interesting. No, but yeah. you know
1: what? He the, the stuff he did, like, if you really get into this article, and look it up, guys, because it's online because it went viral. Like, it oh, was, he was funny. It
0: was a vet. Yeah. Uh, they fell in love in the summer, uh, fall of 69, the summer of love and winter of regret. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny.
1: Yeah, she put a lot of cool stuff in there about him. I want some, I'm going to write my own bit.
0: Here you go. This is a good one, too. He was a renowned distributor of popsicles and ice cream sandwiches to his grandchildren. He also turned on programs such as Phineas and Herb for his grand youngins, usually when they were actually there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, seriously. He despised
0: uppity foods like hummus. <laughs>
1: yeah, he said that was he wouldn't call it hummus. They
0: had to bean call it bean dip, dip yeah.
1: in his house. He
0: uh, he died knowing that the Blues Brothers was the best movie ever. I, I, I oh, I'm with, with that. I love Blues Brothers. Yeah, me too. Clint Eastwood was the baddest ass man on the planet and hot sauce can be added to absolutely any food.
1: I agree with this guy 100%. I'm sorry he's gone. Yeah,
0: cool dude. Yeah,
1: I would have hung with this guy for sure. And um, I
0: like that. Instead, of the, the Obituaries are so... S- Stiff. They're ridiculous. Oh, no, no pun intended. <laughs> yeah, they're just Whoa, like. Well, we hit yes, one there, guys. Yeah, that was bum out bum of sh- the park. Yeah. But it bump. Yes.
1: And did you read about the hackers? Do you see the story about the hackers? What hackers? Okay, I have the story about the hackers. I have to tell you about this. Please. Hackers steal one million from ATMs. Wow. Okay. Hackers have stolen more than a million dollars from the US ATMs. A group linked to the international crime syndicates is the most likely culprit, the senior Secret Service official said. They're hacking into ATMs no shit that is so like i'm thinking to myself wow i'm shocked that wasn't done before this i feel like
0: banking and big companies like that they hire the hackers to make sure they don't get hacked
1: i don't know dude
0: you know what i mean you you need to to catch a thief you gotta think like one
1: it's called the jackpotting cases where they come at like they hack into the ATMs and the money just flies out like you hit the jackpot in a casino. <laughs> it's like
0: one of those things in the, and you're in the tank and then blowing money around. You see how much you can yeah, grab yeah. in a minute. Yeah.
1: I, I thought it was like, I really, it blew my mind that it's just recent because I was thinking, wow, that's something I would have thought would have been. I'm
0: sure it's happened before probably on a lesser scale.
1: Yeah, me too. But yep, there they are. So the jackpot potting incidences are happening and hackers are hacking your ATMs.
0: Just remember, crime doesn't pay.
1: It does if you in <laughs> Except sometimes it does. <laughs> just saying. But
0: the karma's a bitch. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's very yeah. true.
1: Okay, so let's go to our emails. So Seth. Me? Tough brother Seth here with the mail. Mail's He's in. Mail's in.
0: Okay. Dear one tough mother, I cheated on my husband. I didn't mean to. It just seemed to happen, and I'm scared to death he will find out.
1: Oh, God, slow down on this one. I cheated on my husband. I didn't mean to. It seemed to just happen, and I'm scared to death he'll
0: find out. Oh, boy. All right, let's 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 get uh, let's get into it. I've been married for 19 months. On Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, I worked a 6 p.m. to 2 a.m. shift as a bartender in a local restaurant, Club. Club is always busy, and we make a lot of cash, and we, the staff, always have a great time. Paul, my husband, used to stop in on Friday and Saturday nights to have dinner and wait for me. Even though I was busy, I liked having him there. He would sit with friends that would stop by or his guys if they showed, and I would work. Well, about six months ago, he stopped coming in. He said he was tired of sitting there all night and he just wanted to wait at home. I understand. It can get boring just sitting there if no one comes to hang with and he works hard all week, so he's tired. That's when Dennis, a fellow bartender, started really showering me with attention. I mean, we always joked around, but Dennis made it a point to always be near me. Dennis is a real player. He's very good looking and jumps from girl to girl and customer to customer at the bar. The older ladies love him and he knows how to pour it on, so he makes a bundle. One night about six weeks ago after a super busy night, Dennis asked me for a ride home. His car was in the shop, and he lived somewhat close to me, so I said yes. It was no big deal. I drove him home, and he asked me if I'd like to come in for a quick drink. Working those hours, it's hard to go home and go right to bed. I knew Paul would be sleeping, so I said okay. All right. Uh, well, stop right there for a second. Like, no. Yeah, no. You're not going late night in some guy. I don't care, like.
1: He's your butt or not. No. No. No.
0: Right. You're He said he's hot, and he's a player, and like, you know. So, yeah. Not a good move. Okay. She went in, had a few drinks, left about work. It was was fun and very relaxing. Next thing I know, Dennis moves in behind me on the couch to rub my shoulders. At first, I cringed, and I knew I should totally get up. But the drinks hit me. I started to relax, and honestly, it felt good. From there, it got crazy, and before I could stop, we were making out and undressing. OMG, what did I do, and how can I change it? I am absolutely sick to the point of throwing up, and I can't think of anything but what I did. I spoke to Dennis, and he said to stop worrying. No one will ever know unless I tell, but I can't. Mother, I love Paul, and I don't want to lose him, and I will. He will be crushed and will never, ever forgive me, and I don't blame him. What should I do?
1: Well, you can't change it, honestly. I mean, you said you want to change it. How can I change it? You can't. It's done. That's the way it is. Mm-hmm. How you deal with it is going to make the difference here. Seth, what do you think?
0: Uh, it's just, it's it's hard to say one way. You can argue either side for this. You could say on the one hand, you know, you, you you obviously you, you can't rest until you get this out it, it's such it's so hard you, you can if you feel like you have to tell them then tell them it's really up it's, it's, it's an individual choice i would say first that she should confide confide in someone maybe go see a therapist or someone to, to talk about this and maybe get someone of who's not emotionally vested in it to get their opinion because you know if you tell him and you ruin your relationship then like you're hurting him and you're hurting your, you know it, it, there's, there's so many ways to look at it I really can't I can't take a side here I, I don't know I think it really depends on the person and in the situation they're in in her situation she made a mistake right you know and it's she knows her husband if she feels like she loves him and she thinks he's gonna lose him that's a hard thing to admit to right you know so on, on the other hand can she live with it I'm so. gonna
1: I'm gonna play devil's adv- advocate on this one honestly um, I know what the right thing to do is but I almost think well, instead of hurting him and the relationship right. to suck it up and get over it yourself and, and stock it up too. Instead of him suffering, you need right. to suffer with you it. You need to suffer yeah. with it and not throw it on his plate. And this is honestly this is the honest truth and I'm telling you this from my heart and if you were one of my best friends, my sister, my brother, whoever you are, this is what I would tell you. You need to suck it up. You need to learn from it. Feel how painful it is and never do it again and hope that you can get by it and not put this guy through any more crap. Not put this guy or your relationship through a ton of crap.
0: And that's why I recommend a therapy too. Like She needs to get it out. Right. Because it's, if it's stuck in there, it's not going to feel good. But how
1: you know how is she going to go to a therapist without her husband now? Honestly?
0: You can figure it out.
1: All right. Well, again, um,
0: they, have, they have actually they have programs online now. You can talk to someone on the phone. Oh, even.
1: True story. dude. Yes. So true story. Right. So, and, and you know, we're not therapists. We're not doctors. We're not lawyers. We're not anything that's professional. We just tough mother and tough brother advice. And that's my advice. And Seth made a great point. That was the end point right there. there. It was good. There's tons of people online that you can talk to now. Maybe contact some a therapist online and see where it goes.
0: Right. I mean, maybe you come to the conclusion that you do tell them, but you need to work it, work on it a little bit and put spend some time figuring it out.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: That's that's, not a, that's I a, mean,
1: mistakes happen. People do make mistakes. The first mistake was getting out of the car. OK, so we all recognize you made tons of mistakes, but you got to move on now.
0: Someone once said to me, nothing good happens after 11 o'clock.
1: Oh, good point.
0: Yeah, there you go. OK, let's move on. Email number two. Dear mother, why don't I get asked out on dates? People say I'm pretty, I'm in good shape, I'm fun, and I'm happy. But I'm, not, I'm not, one guy, not one guy asks me out. I'm always stuck in the friend zone. I've been divorced for five years, meet a, a lot of new men in my job, and the ones I like, uh, I show interest in them and try to get to know them better. Not one guy asks me out, not one. I don't get it. I don't have kids, I own my own home, and I have tons of guy friends, but no dates. I swear there's an invisible force around me that is stopping guys from wanting more from me than just to be my buddy. What should I do?
1: Um, my advice, honestly, when I heard you read this and I was reading it along with you, ask your buds. Ask That's what your I was friends, the first thing right? I was
0: thinking. You have a ton of guy friends. Yeah, Hello.
1: ask them. What's
0: wrong? You know, and if you think something's wrong with you, ask them. It's like, am I dateable? Like, what is there? Some is there a reason why guys don't want to date me? Yeah, am
1: I putting off a vibe? Right, that guys are like turned off. by I think she's
0: in her head a lot too. It sounds like you know. Yeah, and a lot of times, You know, in my experience dealing with girls who are friends and who have struggle struggling dating. They're not really putting themselves out there as much as they think they are.
1: Oh, right. wait a minute! You had a friend you were helping with that. Yes. Good and point. And what was the deal with it?
0: You know, she tried online dating once. <laughs> didn't work out, so she never never would do okay. it again. Like she's just she didn't want to make the effort. Like he, she didn't want to put herself out there. If you if that's what you really want, you want to you got to go for it. Right. Like you, you can't wait. This is not a fairy tale. Like these little girls with the fairy tales, and the prince Charming's going to come up on the horse and pick you on. You're going to ride on the beach, and no this is real life <laughs> no
1: <laughs> this is
0: real life you want something go get it right you right, know because right. sometimes it happens they say when you least expect it it happens but it's also the way you carry yourself she's obviously tense about it and she's she's putting out that vibe I would guess
1: I agree with you so you need
0: to relax get into yourself a little bit you know do do some things that make you happy it makes, you know, maybe she is happy right it doesn't sound like it though so make sure you're happy and, and centered and, and, and as relaxed as you can be and put yourself out there talk to your friends you know make an effort
1: i agree with you i agree with you 100 percent. and i think what you said honestly i think one of the points you're making is that um she might be not out there as much as she thinks she is so your buds will tell you speak to your buds
0: yeah guy guys they're the best people to talk to for girls who are looking talk to your guy friends because they'll tell you like it is because guys are simple
1: and honestly online dating is the only way now right it's like everything you hear
0: well I think the the number one thing is still getting set up by friends, right? Oh, Mutual okay. friends and things. I think that's like, you know, because you have someone who can vouch for someone else, right? Right, right. So da- online dating is the easiest way. And, I, you know, I met my fiance online, so. Right, right. It's great. I'm not against online for sure, but just put yourself out there. Just, you know, find you know, There are also specific dating sites for specific interests. There's like a fitness singles one. There's whatever you're into, you can find someone if you want looking for someone with the same similar interests. So right. Just get yourself out there. Talk to your friends. You're, you can do this. Yeah. If you want it, you can get it. We're
1: behind it. you. You can do it.
0: Yes. Okay, our last letter for today. Dear One Tough Mother, recently I heard you interviewed uh, on another show. You talked about leaving your bad marriage with little kids and making it work. I listened to the whole interview and you made it sound so easy. You talked about buying a home and starting your company and all the great things that have happened. You said it was hard, but you made it sound so easy and like you weren't even scared. I need to get out of my abusive marriage. I need to take my son and go, and I'm scared to death to do it. I don't think I can handle it. And what happens if it is uh, the worst decision and I can't make it?
1: First of all, let me just say, and um, this is actually this letter, and then someone else said this on another interview I did, because I've been doing a lot of interviews lately. I, it does sound, when I hear it played back, she's absolutely 1,000% right. When I hear my interviews played back, it does sound easy. Because these people either edit it the way they want it or it's quickly tell us about your life. And I skip, skip, skip. And they want the highlights of certain things. It was not easy. It was not easy. It was scary. I had four little kids. I was by myself. Um, I had a high school degree It was tough and you just have to believe in yourself. That's all I can say. Every part of it and every issue that I had, I had to fight through myself or fight through with the support of my family saying, oh, you can do this, you can do this. It's it's a tough gig and it's not easy. And if I sounded and please, I'm so, so sorry if I sounded like it was easy because it isn't easy. There's nothing easy about it. There were nights that I would sit at the table with bills that were piled high and taking money from my son who was cleaning the farmer's chicken coops to pay some of them and feel like total crap honestly and borrowing money from my parents or from my kids and everything about it I mean my son found three hundred dollars in the park one time after we reported to the cops and they never came back nobody came and got it I bought them winter coats so there was nothing easy about it it's yourself you have to put yourself in the mindset that you're going to do it and the days that you feel like you just can't do it you can you just really have to push through and you've got to push through with an end goal. The end goal to me was making my children happy.
0: And you know what I'm hearing from you too is like you have to swallow your pride a little bit. Absolutely. You got to ask whoever you need to ask.
1: Absolutely. And, and
0: get help from whoever you can get help from. Family, friends. So you're in a, you're in a tough position. You're in an abusive relationship. You have a son. So you got to look at your son and say, I, I need to do what's best for him and do whatever it takes. It, Absolutely. There, no, there is no fail. There is no can't make it. Yeah. You just do it. You, you do everything do you can to make it.
1: And you got to remember, you don't have a choice. So if you're
0: you you don't have a choice. You
1: don't. And I left my marriage because it became very toxic. And I had three sons and a daughter, and they were little. And I did not want them seeing that, and I did not want them raised around that. So my end game, I always kept my kids in my mind that my end game was to give them the best life I could possibly give them. So you got to think of it that way too. So I'm sorry if, if I made it sound easy, it was not easy. Write me if you'd like to talk more about it. Mother said is brought to you by American Cobalt Aquafarms, our sponsor, American Cobalt Aquafarms. You can go to American Cobalt Aquafarms.com or you can call them at 973-601-8441. Fresh fish from the farm to your table. And today's Mother Says is never trust your fears. They don't know your strength. So very true. Never trust your fears. They don't know your strength. Be strong, everyone. And thanks so much for listening. We look forward to hearing from you or seeing you next week. Have a good one.